both of us Amen. were walking in darkness, dead in our sin, met the risen Christ, maybe not as fantastically as Saul did on the road to Damascus, but nonetheless had an encounter with the risen Lord. Welcome to the Walk in Truth mini-sode, A Step Closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. Now, let's get into today's topic. Well, hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael Lance. We're here with Joe Kelly. We're doing a mini-sode on A Step Closer, which is a another layer of the ministry of Walk in Truth. And we've been talking about the resurrection, Joe, and it's really exciting to talk about the resurrection all year long. We are we believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ as the capstone, as it's been put in the arch of Christianity. What I would like to do is talk about the the New Testament as reliable documentation, authoritative, historically authoritative. So what happens with, and here again, I'm thinking of the unbeliever. They like to say, what is the evidence you have either for Jesus' life or for his miracles or for this resurrection? What is the evidence you have? Oh, but you can't use the New Testament, which is really interesting because historians know, as we've said before, that eyewitness testimony and testimony close to the events is your best testimony. Yes. And yet they want to use uh, documents from late second century. That's what, when we, first episode we were talking about Discovery Channel or History Channel. Right. And these uh, programs that come out and they try to discount who Jesus was or say his girlfriend was Mary Magdalene or whatever. Um, they're drawing from documentation that's late second century. Gospel of Peter, Gospel of Thomas, what have you. There's Gnostic, set, Gnostic all Gospels. These, yeah. Yes, all the Gnostic Gospels. That testimony is the legend that testimony has been embellished. That's the stuff that's been made up, not the writings that take us right back to the time of the events. Here's what's amazing. We have Gospel of Mark. We have Matthew. We have Luke. We have John. All four of those give us accounts of uh, the death, burial, and resurrection right. of Jesus. The, the actual events, we'd say. And we know, yes, there may they may have been – so if Mark's written first, Mark's – uh, writing based on Peter's testimony. Right. Luke, the historian, he's interviewing everybody he can think of. He's an amazing historian. The guy's attention to detail is unbelievable. There's nothing he's put in either Luke or the book of Acts, whether it's a, a person, a place, an event that's out of order. Uh, you have Matthew and you have John. Four separate lines of evidence. If a historian has two separate uh, documents or documentation for an event, they think they've hit pay dirt. Right Here you have four. Now, not only do you have four, you have Paul. If we had nothing but Paul, if you if you want to discount the Gospels, go ahead. You can't discount Paul. Yes, and then, and then Paul writes, what, two-thirds of the New Testament letters, which look back on these events and give us the theological insights to them. Absolutely. And then you have a combination of Luke-Acts, we you have would Acts. say. We right? have six sources right there. Yeah. That's six sources. Not to mention uh, that, you know, the different authors are the multiple attestations. They are. Just in written form. And I, I've heard Gary Habermas say that, you know, we have to interview the documents just like we would do with any ancient right. battle leader, Napoleon, you know, whoever you want to talk about, Roman leaders, etc. 
we would interview the documents to, to see the veracity of them. And what we find with the New Testament documents is they are early, they are uh, well-preserved, and we have thousands of them as opposed to other ancient writings where we're relying on, you know, even sometimes a handful of manuscripts. We have thousands of them. And, and the interesting thing is, is that they cohere in the sense that they don't make, there aren't historical mistakes. When there's a reference to a, a body of water or a mountain or a political leader, yes. they're all accurate. Yes. The only reason people want to reject them is because of the supernatural. So they begin with, these are the same people that reject miracles right. out of hand. When we talked about the first episode, we have a better chance to evaluate evidence because we don't reject the supernatural out of hand. We're open to any evidence. The, the unbeliever isn't. Yeah, and, and our goal would be, you know, just like Paul said, I, I want everybody to believe this and, and be what I am except for these chains, he, he, he would say before some governmental leaders. Well, this is a step closer. This is a ministry of walk in truth, another layer for to help you in your faith journey and uh, what knowing what you believe and why you believe it. Here we are diving into the resurrection. We've defined what the resurrection is. We've looked at some of the multiple attestation layers of eyewitnesses. We've looked at the origin of 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, and, you know, something that hit me, Joe, as you were reading verses 3 and 4, is it keeps saying according to the scriptures, according to the scriptures. So I know that you were talking about the actual eyewitnesses to the resurrected Christ, which is obviously very powerful. But there's another angle to this, and that is that the Old Testament scriptures, uh, we would say hundreds of times, are pointing to the coming of the Messiah and even predicting the resurrection. Uh, for example, Psalm 16, the book of Job. Um, we can think of uh, multiple areas where the resurrection, Isaiah 53, Isaiah 50, yeah. uh, is a classic text on that. So one other thing, and, and we won't go too deep on this, but we know that the, even the, the Torah or the complete Old Testament was anticipating and predicting both the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. What would you say about that before we move on to one final piece of evidence? Well, I, I was actually thinking— uh, about the fact that the, the the transformed lives that we've been talking about, the James and, and Paul who went from unbeliever or adversary to greatest advocate, um, and where the where the the proclamation of the risen Lord, where did that begin? See what we're what we're talking about uh, the fact that you and I believe with all our heart. We have no, no doubt in our minds or our hearts that Jesus actually rose from the dead. And we believe we have unbelievably fantastic evidence to support that. I think about the fact that these, these men began ministry in the very city, yes. Jerusalem, in which it would have been easiest to discount their testimony. Yes. Because a body was never produced. Yes. If the Jewish leadership wanted to squash this movement, all they had to do was produce a body. They couldn't produce a body. If the Roman authorities thought things were getting out of hand, all they had to do was produce a body. They couldn't produce a body. 
Now, I think maybe on our next episode, we're going to talk about maybe some of the, the, the theories out there in, yes. that, that try to replace the idea that Jesus actually rose bodily. This goes to that. These men began ministry in Jerusalem, transformed. They were convinced, they had not a shadow of a doubt, that they encountered Jesus post-mortem in bodily form. And that's indisputable. Amen. And there's so much we could talk about. You you mentioned the city, right? So I'm thinking of Cephas mentioned in first Corinthians 15, five, who is Peter. So here's Peter who had denied that he even knew Jesus three times, right? In the right, basically the courtyard of the high priest. And then in the same city, is in the middle of the streets of Jerusalem saying, he lives, you killed the prince of life, but God raised him from the dead. Right. And we, are, we bear witness to this. So now he's become a lion of the faith. Another uh, multiple attestation individual happens to be in 1 Corinthians 15, which is Peter. That's right. You talk about the grace of our God. How much did Peter need a personal appearance from Jesus Christ? John chapter 20, right? Man. Jesus invites them onto shore. Yes. Gives me chills thinking about it. Preparing food, yes. fish, come and eat with me. And he 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 looks at Peter and basically says, Do you love me? And yes. three times the Lord asked him, Do you love me? Wiping away all guilt that he should have. And then goes on to use him in the way that he used him. Yes. And then Peter, like you said, in Jerusalem. We have Peter in Acts 2, 3, 4, 5. I, I think all all the way all up to chapters. chapters 10 and 11, really. Preaching the, the risen Lord. Yeah. And yet, like you said, he denied him. He was so he was scared of a little girl. Yes. Hey, aren't you one of his followers? That's right. I don't know what you're talking about. Get away from me. Yep. Jerusalem, he does it in Jerusalem. He does it. He goes and affirms what was preached in Samaria, lays hands on those believers, and then preaches to the Gentile house of Cornelius. Right. And Jesus essentially had given him the keys to the kingdom. And so Peter's opening doors to Jew, Samaritan, and Gentile, which Amen. is amazing. And we'll close this episode with this, Joe. What a story of redemption. And, you know, I look at you, and I know you can look back at me, and we're both stories of redemption. Both of us Amen. were walking in darkness, dead in our sin, met the risen Christ, uh, maybe not as fantastically as Saul did on the road to Damascus, but nonetheless had an encounter with the risen Lord. And we've been changed and become uh, those who bear witness to the fact that he lives. And what a, what a beauty, beauty uh, extra layer to look at. These are redemption stories uh, as much All as, you know, we're talking about, you know, more of the technical evidence side, but the, the beauty of this is that there's redemption. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. It reminds me of, <clears throat> I think about the Gospel of Mark and all the ways in which the first few chapters Jesus demonstrated who he was, that he was the Son of God and God the Son. He's forgiving sin. He's healing. And I, I think it's Mark chapter 4 when he, he calls his disciples away, and then of the disciples he appoints 12 his entire ministry was condemnation on, on the, on the Pharisees, basically on the on the religious system that was set up. They completely missed the point. They completely missed him and who he was. And he calls the twelve, twelve men of no repute at all, yes. right? Fishermen and tax collectors, common folk, and uh, and then to have these stories. And and to me, the greatest evidence 
that the accounts we have in the Gospels, the account that uh, Paul gives in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, all the preaching throughout Acts, the greatest evidence to me, and here's, here's the kicker, historians that don't even believe in the re- resurrection admit this. They admit that the disciples themselves were transformed. You can't deny that. Yes. We have church history. We have the birth of the church beginning in Jerusalem, spreading throughout Asia Minor. That's indisputable. Something happened. And on that note, we're going to leave you for one more mini-sode. <laughs> Although I think we've moved beyond mini, Joe. <laughs> uh, and we're going to be diving into a final episode or mini-sode on the resurrection. This is a step closer. This is Pastor Michael Lance sitting with apologists, and we like to call him Professor Joe Kelly. And uh, we've been engaging on the resurrection. So much beauty, so much richness. And we'll do a final segment, but I want to tell you, if you want to connect with us, subscribe to the podcast so you'll know when the next podcast is coming. You can also let friends know, and you can send us an email if you'd like to ask a question or just uh, let us know how this has been a blessing to you at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. We'll see you right here for the next episode on The Resurrection. Thanks for listening to A Step Closer. Let us know your thoughts on today's topic. You can email us at contact at walkintruth.com. You can also let us know a topic or question you'd like us to answer and discuss. Again, email us at contact at walkintruth.com.